0: I go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. Let me snip it, nigga. What the fuck yeah, you think, yeah. nigga? to peanut butter and jams with host brenda and jordy on catr 101.9 exploring local music and local food tune in to learn about My the best eats and tunes we'll from your neighborhood and a weekly we'll pairing for your date we'll calendar it's Warning: the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the host unless clearly identified as advertising put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds it's peanut
1: butter and jams hello It's Brenda in the studio with uh, my co-host for today, Ben Lai.
2: Hi, how are you doing? I'm a co-host? I thought I just... I'm a guest? No? More than that? You're
1: a guest, but today you get to play (laughs) co-host. Excellent.
2: Excellent. Uh, Melanie Coles, that was, right?
1: Yeah, that was Melanie Coles. She hosts a show uh, called What's Up? Sup, world?
2: What's Up, world? Yeah.
1: On Tuesday morning, so you should definitely check out her show. Uh, The first track we played was by Fistful of Snacks, which is actually another programmer... On CITR Robin Jacob. Uh Fistful of Snacks was in Shindig, our annual Battle of the Bands, hosted by
2: Me. Yeah. <laughs> ben. Uh, <you're laughs> she did alright. Oh. Am I uh Am I breaking up?
1: No, no, you're great.
2: I'm great. Yeah, she did uh she made it to the semis.
1: Yeah, and she has that lovely talk about food.
2: I know it's awesome. I wish more bands have songs about food. Yeah, it's, me too. Yeah.
1: Although we'd be hungry all the time, wouldn't that's, we?
2: That's, I'm always hungry anyway, so I don't think that make any difference.
1: Me too. So the track was called I Like Food by Robin Jacob, who hosts The Rib on Monday afternoon. That's she does,
2: also a food, isn't it? Uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> too much, too much. N- never. Uh, so today's show uh, is going to be a little different than usual. We're missing co-host Jordi Yao. He is sick at home.
2: Eating? No?
1: Uh, It's very possible. He did produce a segment for us about being sick and making
0: wontons.
1: (laughs) Hopefully he didn't sneeze into his wontons. But uh, we'll be playing that a little later in the show. Uh, We're also planning to talk with Ben Lai. Ben Lai, why are you here?
2: I'm co-hosting. I'm supposed to talk a bit about food. I went... You want me here to talk about New York and the food I had in New York City, I, I believe?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. So that's it. Okay. We're awesome. going to talk do I, do about Ben Lai's travels and where he ate on his trip.
2: <laughs> Great. Hot dogs, Pizza Hut, McDonald's. No, it's not.
1: All those places. <laughs> yeah. All those places. So uh, the next track we're going to play is by Great Aunt Ida. And um, Ben, can you tell us a little bit about. Ida Nilsson.
2: She is originally from the island, I believe, and she moved to Vancouver. She's uh, she was one of the co co founder, co owner of the sugar refinery back in the days on uh, the Granville and Helmcken. It's a. Do you know the, much about the sugar refinery? I have it's heard
1: a, it closed it's a fanc- down.
2: Yeah, it closed down back in early. I don't remember two thousand something.
1: In about, Vancouver's yeah, long Vancouver. list of closed-down it, it was a
2: fantastic place. It's, uh, it's sort of a very low-key place where they serve, I believe, only vegetarian food. Um, and they have a bar and a lot of bands play there. Uh, one of the most famous shows there was The Beans, which is also a food item. They play for 24 hours straight. Was it 48? It's, it's some ridiculous amount of time. So they play nonstop for about, yeah, a whole day. Or 24 hours, so that happened there. Uh, a lot of fine people uh, came and played the first time... Well, sorry. The first time I really met Julie Doran was at uh, the Sugar Refinery. She played two shows there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place, great place to hang out, and now it's uh, replaced by a cocktail place called the Refinery. I don't think it has any relationship with the Sugar Refinery, but uh, uh, now Ida... Has moved on, moved to Toronto, having a great time. And this is this is from her third album. Is that what you are playing?
1: Yeah, this is from the album Nuclearize Me. Yeah. the one that came out just yeah. this past. This
2: came out just recently. She did her CD release party, Vancouver edition, here back in December. With uh, played with uh, Nick Krikovich. Krikovich <laughs> from uh, piano.
1: piano, and now No Kids.
2: Yeah. So and also um, uh, I forgot the other act. It's a really funny act. Two two people, famous local <laughs> Vancouverites uh, or Torontoites. Ah, what are they called? They only they only play they play like cover songs. I, I will remember by the time uh, we come around.
1: Yeah, so we'll play the track and try v-
2: and. It's Veda Hilly and uh, Patsy Klein, and they were called something. But they sing songs like they they did a song where they name all the countries in the world. Oh, someone's calling. (laughs)
1: Someone's calling. So maybe it will be Jordy, sick Jordy. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to press play and answer the phone. So here is the track New Information by Great Aunt Ida.
0: Joggers, Canadian waters, fathers and daughters. This light has been here before. I saw it burst through the heavy door. Won't you come over, bring me a flower, tell me some more. New information, replacing all does your brain get Us, interfere with your own
1: Lost Lover's Brigade playing a song called Tigers off the album Little Skeletons. That was great. Great.
2: <laughs> and, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're also, um, you know, just happened by accident but we're going to blow the Femcon out of the water this show. We've got a, Fantastic. Lot, of, a lot of women
2: just like my show. On I'm
1: albums. Really... Yeah.
2: Perfect. But that last song has nothing to do with food, is there? No. I wish there was more songs about food. Seriously.
1: That, wouldn't that be really... Corny and cheesy to do all the time, Ben.
2: Well, there's a lot of songs about love, and I, part of me, prefer food too. Yeah, love gets
1: a little boring (laughs) after a while. Ah, That's kind
2: of cheesy. I want more cheesy songs about cheese. Cheese is
1: is one of my favorite things. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. So, Ben, when did you go to New York?
2: I was in New York, actually. What was it? Three, four weeks ago? About three weeks ago, uh, in. January 20 so yeah it's actually yeah, about three weeks ago I don't know exactly what date but
1: and how <laughs> long were you going for?
2: I was there for a week
1: and how many meals did you eat a day <laughs> in New York?
2: I my guess is around three the usual it's not I don't think it's any more or less than the, the, than anywhere else but I, yeah I went to a lot of places um I did try to go to places where you can't try out here um Cause it's it's New York City. It's like the the mecca of food.
1: So how did you find out about these restaurants? Did you research? Did yeah, there's US a lot of friends? research.
2: There's there's websites you can go to. There's there's tons of uh, food blogs, food only magazines, and also there's the food section on you know like the major news, the New York uh, papers and magazines. It's it's pretty crazy. And you go on Yelp and you go on like yeah all the sites and you just try to figure out what's going on. Uh, I also went during Restaurant Week. Oh. So there's a list of restaurants, and they all have like a like a price fix menu. Um, but the thing with restaurant Week in New York is a lot of the restaurant, not all the restaurants is on it. A lot of them are on it, but a lot of the newer, trendier ones, or the ones that's been getting a lot of good review lately, isn't on it. So it seems to be the more established restaurants that's on there, or just restaurants that aren't no one's heard of, and you know the reviews aren't that great. So you can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, I want to really go to this restaurant, I can go during the re- restaurant week. And some of the really fancy restaurants that I really wanted to go to, um, like a book for, till forever. So you can't really get in unless you go on like a, you know 11, 11 o'clock on, on a Wednesday night or something crazy. So, so there were some obstacles as to what uh, I can go to and not. And also I'm, I saw like four musicals, so that also cut into my eating time.
1: Yeah, that's that's a little crazy, Ben. <laughs> yeah, just just a little crazy. Um, how
2: do you um, want me to start talking about some of them more?
1: Yeah, but how much time did you spend researching restaurants? It sounds like you spent an awful lot of time on the internet.
2: Uh, yeah, well, it's like over a, a certain amount of, of time. Yeah, there are certain things you know already, so there's places like what? that. Uh, well, I,
1: the, I don't think I could name a single restaurant really? in New York. Well,
2: I've been to New York, you know, four or five six seven eight times whatever it is so there's certain restaurants i always go to like one of them may i should talk about now like kanka
1: yes please
2: there's one that i've been to pretty much every single uh time that i've gone it's it's like a japanese isakaya uh restaurant um which isakaya is sort of things are grilled and sort of like a tapai kind of places
1: appies and drinks
2: sort of yeah it's sort of like that i don't know if you've been to uh says Sakushi. I think that's one in Vancouver. No. And there's also, oh, there's another one downtown. But anyways, yeah, so it's not your standard sushi rolls and your ramen and udon and stuff. So they have, it's kind of weird. And this one is even more weird. So some of the the famous items on the menu of this restaurant is they have uh, a bowl, bowl penis, penis. Uh, They have turkey testicles. They have frogs.
1: Really? Yeah. Like prairie oysters, aren't
2: they called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the turkey one though. I have no idea. But anyway, so it's like things like that grilled. Uh, but the normal stuff, more normal stuff, you know, like fried uh, scallops and on like a skewer and like fried uh, balls of rice and so random stuff. So I, I go there all the time just because it's a it's a it's near the university, so it's loud and it's crazy. And the drinks are incredibly cheap. It's like eight dollars for a pitcher and a dollar fifty for glass. (laughs) And also, at the end of the meal, they give you. um, They have a cotton candy machine outside. So when you're done, you can. uh, Your dessert is you can make your own cotton candy to go. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. It has. Yeah. I mean, the food isn't. Yeah. It's it's fun and it's cheap and it's great. It's New York
1: and uh is there anything in specific you ordered last time
2: uh i actually went with someone that uh, wouldn't have gone for the turkey testicles or the uh ox tongue but yeah we have some pretty standard uh food which is fine okay but i think we just have kielbasa and and like ad- agadeshi tofu and stuff but it's still good we had the cotton candy
1: what what flavor of cotton candy
2: it's the generic one so it's a pink one so I don't know that's cotton candy flavor, cotton candy
1: I think I like the blue kind better
2: what does that taste like I'm not sure yeah
1: blue sugar instead of pink sugar yeah um great well uh, why don't we play another track and then quiz Ben about a different restaurant uh also Duncan just called in and and reminded us that the beans show
2: 48 hours
1: was actually 48 hours at the starfish room
2: Sorry, the sugar <laughs> <Wow>. refinery. <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: So unfortunate. And then I asked Duncan if he wanted to make a request, and he basically uh, he said no, but that he should tell people to not eat more than five cupcakes because then you feel pretty gross. So thank you, Duncan, for the cupcakes you brought to the station earlier today.
2: Thanks, Duncan. So what are we playing now?
1: Uh, we're going to play a track off Bleeding Hearts.
2: Is this the new album that's being coming out that's coming out tomorrow?
1: Uh, release date march sixth, twenty twelve.
2: All right. Oops. <laughs> you can still it, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, while I'm uh, queuing up the track, uh, I'll ask Ben to tell you a little bit about the band.
2: Oh, uh, they are having a album release show tomorrow night at the Waldorf with Sean Morazic and also Korean Gut it's an early show ends before 11 11.30 so you want to get there early uh, they've been recording this for a while now I believe but yeah it's coming out tomorrow it's like really cheap to buy it You can, be, I think you can buy the record for $5 which is a steal
1: $5? I know
2: what can you get for $5? not a lot
1: you can Except barely get the, a coffee
2: yeah but you can get the Bleeding Hearts album um, yeah good people good sound playing tomorrow night should be a good show
1: great here you go
3: Falls with special guests Bleached. Doors are at 8 with the show starting at 9.30. Tickets are available in advance at the Northern Tickets Box Office, located at the Grove Theatre on Grandel Street, or at Red Cat and Zulu Records. Flying in all the way from England, this indie pop band is on tour to support their self-titled debut release. For more information, search for Timber Productions Concerts on Facebook. Veronica Falls with Guests Bleached is proudly sponsored by CITR. February 16th, there's nowhere you'd rather be than the Biltmore Cabaret, an ultra local show featuring Chains of Love, Lost Lovers Brigade, Villa Kula, and Slim Fathers. Featuring Winnie Cooper DJs, Tristan Orchard, and Woe Bangs. Doors are at 8, and tickets are only 8 bucks. Again, that's Chains of Love, Villa Kula, Lost Lovers Brigade, and Slim Fathers, all at the Biltmore Cabaret, Thursday, February 16th. Chains of Love at the Biltmore is proudly sponsored by CITR.
1: Bleeding hearts, double track. Yeah, we first we played the track "TV Changed Our Lives," and then the walls come tumbling down.
2: From the sounds good, self-titled, self-titled album. Title. Yep, you can see them tomorrow. Waldorf on uh, it's on Hastings and Victoria ish around mm-hmm. there. Clark, Clarkish, Victoria.
1: Yeah, between Clark and Victoria, <laughs> you'll find it. Yes, with the lovely Nuba restaurant. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Are you going to go to the show, Ben?
2: I'm going to try to. I have something. I'm going bowling with Sleuth tomorrow as part of the Shindig Prize winning with Mint Records.
1: Oh, fantastic.
2: Yeah, but we'll see. Because the show starts early and the bowling thing. Yeah, I should be able to make it. I really want to see Bleeding Hearts and Sean Mrazik. And, well, Korean gut, of course. <laughs> of course, of Jared's course. like, angry now.
1: We've definitely played <laughs> Korean gut on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about another restaurant that you went to. Uh,
2: one of the restaurants I went to was, well, I guess, the big one, the one that took the most planning. Actually, a real reservation was a place called uh, Corton. Um, it is a restaurant that uh, Chef Paul Liebrand uh, helped started. There was a, a documentary about him that was shown at Dox, Doxa last year. Uh, so some, somebody followed him for seven years. So they made a documentary, and they just showed the documentary on HBO. So the, sh- the restaurant's gotten a bit uh, popular. Uh, it's, he's like an avant-garde chef. He basically do things with food that you don't normally do with food. Um,
1: uh, can you give us an example?
2: Uh, some of the, well, the most, the most, yeah, the, the one of the most famous ones is like it would freeze, like it would make, he would freeze wasabi and put it in like ice and make it into, and then you put like a, a bit of olive oil in it and, and have it. So that's one thing. He was also famous for like chocolate with, with scallops and stuff, but I didn't have that. So he used to be even crazier when he were younger. Um, he had, yeah, like he, he's, he's pretty well known in the whole, circle in New York, uh, tons of write-up about him. So he started this restaurant um, so the whole documentary follows him for seven years and eventually to this restaurant and it talks about the reviews and, and how important it is to get a good rating on uh, New York Times um, and eventually he did get a great rating on New York Times and it's actually became a, it's a Michelin two-star restaurant and I don't know if you know much about the Michelin's ratings
1: I don't. Can you tell us about it?
2: Uh, Michelin guide, Michelin like the the car tire company. They came up with a guide. Really? back... Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like so they, the,
1: the crazy white yeah tire man. So
2: they put out guides for travelers, like car drivers, back in the early I, I would say 1900s. Um, so it, it's basically where you, if you're gonna when you're traveling across the country, where can you stay? Where can you stay? Which hotel can you can go to? Which restaurant you can go to? But somehow it ballooned into this guide of uh where they rank restaurants uh, pretty much all over the world except canada more or less so they would give restaurants stars uh one two or three one means you're exceptional two means you're like amazing and three means like all this world of new york's you know like six billion restaurants there's like five three stars michelin restaurants in new york there is about seven two stars and there's other twenty one stars or something, so I don't know about the one stars. So
1: that's really picky.
2: Yeah. So Croton is a two star. So there's literally only five restaurants in New York that, according to this guide, is better. But uh, in any case, yeah. So it, it yeah. So it served sort of just random food. So we went for the tasting menu. So some of the stuff, like when they count, like the, the waiter come by and they'll tell you what it is, and you just half the time you don't even know because they would say like it would be like daikon with squab and hair and like hair as rabbit right
4: oh <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> and, uh, and it will be like in a pie or some sort like, I wish I can remember more like I actually have the menu here with me but just looking at it it doesn't like it just tells you what the ingredients are but it doesn't really tell you what exactly because like, it's just things I haven't seen before and it, it's more like an art piece anything. so it's like a big plate and it's a part of it is is to make it look nice, and the presentation is very important. Um, some of the, the dish I remember was one of the, my favorite one is actually just a medley of vegetables, and it's all kind of purple colored, and that's really it. It just but it was really good, and they have yeah, it was Brussels sprouts that is purple, and along with some other fruits. That is, yeah, it doesn't sound a lot of the stuff when you look at it. You you look like that it looks it sounds gross, but it works um yeah. so it's a lot, it's a jar it's regards, like it's a mix of ingredients uh that you don't normally see like yeah i i don't know how else to uh
1: i'm going to read some of these sure uh one is apple wasabi 2012 yeah was that frozen that was frozen and then spirit of winter peanut red cabbage delay Trevis, I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds like a haiku.
2: That's the one I was talking about. See that? One? That's the one with the red, uh, the purple. Brussels oh. sprouts. see that doesn't really say even say what that was. Yeah, and
1: then this one, tête de cochon. Which one was that? Uh, smoked anchovy, charred pineapple, and black truffle. Yum! I like this one. Grapefruit in textures. Can you tell us about that, Ben?
2: <laughs> I well, as you can see, is ten courses. I don't actually remember, like, a, a lot of this. There's, yeah, I, I wish I remember some of the stuff.
1: And what is a squab?
2: A squab is a pigeon.
1: Pigeon. So you had pigeon and hare at the same time. Yeah. It's nice. like
2: a mix. I think the the squab is in a pie, which is a normal thing. Like a squab pie is an actual dish that they serve.
1: In so the this is New York Pigeon. <laughs> Possibly I don't
2: know uh in in uh, in Chinese culture apparently squab is one of the sacred uh, food items it's supposed to be the healthiest one of the healthiest uh fowl or meat you can have Really? have you ever had squab I have not it's really good mm-hmm. um you can get squab in it's it's a fancy meal like if you have a feast with like, if people are getting married sometimes you find or big birthdays you serve squab as one of, like a fried or a roasted squab a hole in this hole is one of the uh menu items feature items and uh, yeah it's mm. fancy and it's it's supposed to be ex- I don't want to say exotic but it's like a delicacy a little bit
1: someone uh I think I recently heard that messenger pigeons are extinct yes yeah so we'll have to eat squab <laughs> yeah. instead
2: yes yeah they're supposed to be healthy for you because I guess they're just muscles and not much fat I don't know the
1: bottom of the menu says no substitutions <laughs> yeah. please Yeah, it's pretty funny if you want to <laughs> a Michelin 2 restaurant and said I don't really like yeah. hair can you yeah. put yeah. can you put some beef yeah. in instead I don't know.
2: they have basically two menus you can get the tasting menu and the regular menu but the other one even at five courses but the whole table have to get the same thing because the food comes out in a weird at the same time for two people and generally speaking, the stuff you're eating on—it's weird. Like even the plate and the spoon or whatever you eat—it's very planned. It's yeah, it's all synchronized.
1: So was there a different cutlery? Every yeah, dish? oh yeah, pretty really? much. Yeah. Like different style of cutlery?
2: Um, very close to it. I mean, there's a lot of forks, obviously, but mm-hmm. you get weird. Yeah, you do get weird cutleries and weird serving dishes. And a lot, of, a lot of stuff is served like in, like an ice bowl thing. There's stuff that's serving weird just like a plate of salt or something but you only eat the yeah
1: and how was it how how happy was your tongue at the end of this <laughs> it was meal?
2: fantastic I love it the meal itself took uh, three and a half hours wow <laughs> yeah
1: well that's that's a real that's yeah. a real delightful evening
2: <laughs> yeah we started at 630 we didn't leave until almost 11 but it was it was good it was definitely worth it it's not something you can do in Vancouver I don't think I, and yeah and everything that's, I don't know like I liked every dish I don't yeah, like some of them were fantastic. Not all of them were like mind blowing, but they were very interesting. At least you'd be like, "I haven't had this before," or "This is totally different than uh, than." Yeah, a lot of things covering gold flakes, <laughs> 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 just as just to make it look nicer. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I remember more about it, and I, I try to, but it's it's hard because I, there's no context to put it. It's almost like going to an art gallery of just random like. Like uh, abstract art, and try to tell someone what did you just see, and you, I can't really describe it because it's a lot of It's just
1: it's this fleeting sensory experience, <laughs> yeah.
2: and it's not like oh, this tastes like chicken because I don't even remember what it, you know half the time. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to even remember what it tastes like. I just remember it tasting kind of weird. It's almost like eating candy a lot of the times.
1: Candy? Why? Why is it like eating candy? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Like, I don't eat a lot of candy. So, sometimes when I eat candy, it's just like, where does this taste coming from? Like, I just don't really understand it. Even yeah. though it's savory, just to be, it's kind of, it's like picking random candies from a bag and you just kind of, like, oh, what, what does this taste like? It's totally different than the last thing.
1: So, this was an exciting meal to yeah, go to because good. you never really knew what to expect yeah. next. Yes. And 10 courses of it. Yeah. That sounds stunning.
2: Yeah, it's great.
1: Great. <laughs> well, uh, Ben picked us a track. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about it?
2: Well, my idea was picking songs for the show is that it has to be about food so the only song about food that I remember from the top of my head other than the other one that I'm going to force you to play is this one, this is a band from ages ago, CanCon back in the 90s they were a big CanCon band from Toronto they got signed to a major label I don't know if this one is actually on a major label but they went independent and stuff they're called uh, Pursuit Happiness do you know anything about them?
1: I know nothing about they that have
2: The biggest song is called I'm an adult now Which is get played On modern rock station everywhere But huh. it's a song about food I just You have to play songs about food On a food show No? Of course Yeah
1: uh, So this here is the This is the Pursuit the of Happiness
2: with a song called Food Literally called Food
0: Your love is like Instantly gratified, makes me wanna come back for more You fill me up and I'm hungry an hour later Gotta have another serving, give me a sweet old go
3: Norman Otis Richmond, a Toronto-based journalist, is one of the main advocates in Canada for the renaming of Black History Month as African Liberation Month. He's the longtime producer and host of the radio programs Saturday Morning Live, Diasporic Music, and From a Different Perspective. His words have been heard through the studios of CIUT, CHIN, CFNY, CBC, and CKLN and read on countless newspapers and blogs. In 1992, Otis was the recipient of the Toronto Arts Award and dedicated it to Mumia Abu-Jamal, Asata Shakur, and Geronimo Pratt, the African National Congress of South Africa, Fidel Castro, and the people of Cuba. This
5: PSA was brought to you in support of Black History Month on CITR 101.9 FM.
1: And thank you so much, Grace, for your lovely voice on that public service announcement. It is Black History Month, and uh, our lovely programming team has put together a lot of special programming segments and PSAs with little historical stories of people that um, have been important in history. So I'm really excited to hear all these little pieces and learn more about Black History Month.
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Great. So um, we're going to give away a CD. We've got some Lady Tron CDs to give away. So if you're interested in a CD, you can tell us an exciting fact about food. <laughs> and if you're really entertaining, maybe we'll put you on the radio. But uh, to win this CD, you need to call our on-air number
2: 604-822-CITR.
1: Ah, it's the phone!
2: Why is it ringing so loud?
1: Anyways, we're going to answer the phone, but now I'm going to play an interview prepared by co-host Jordi Yao, and he's going to be talking about wontons.
2: Why is it ringing so loud in the studio?
1: Sorry, this is just taking a moment. Thanks for your patience. Oh, we just missed the phone, so uh, you should give us another call.
2: What? <laughs> Is that working? What are you
1: doing? Hello? <laughs> and we're trying to figure out this one ton interview, so... Um, Please a, excuse
2: us. Uh, wonton is delicious, I'm sure. Uh, should I talk more about places I've like been to New York while you're trying to get this working?
1: Yes, please. Thank you, Ben.
2: Uh, can I talk about this totally unfruit-related place? Um, but- oh, whoa! Is that
1: there? We go. We got it working. We're going to answer the phone here. I think some things about wonton, Jordy. <laughs> <cut> <laughs> All then. right.
5: Good. Hey, so this is Jordy from Peanut Butter and Jams with my girlfriend Darcy Broach. Hi. And I'm sick, which is why I'm not in the studio today. Mm. I might have mono, and I might have strep throat, and I might have both. And Darcy might get one of them.
4: Yay!
5: She lives <laughs> with me.
4: Or all of them. I hope not. I hope so, too. I
5: hope I only have one of them. The doctor said I definitely had one of them. Mm. But she wasn't sure which.
4: Yeah. Well
5: (laughs) But since I I was at home all day today and I was bored. So I made wontons. um, which we've been planning to do anyways. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. So what I'm gonna do is interview you about how to make wontons. What's in the reverse it? Exactly.
5: Reverse them.
4: Yeah. The correspondent calling the shots now.
5: Well, you're the interviewer. Yeah, you're still the correspondent. Exactly.
4: (laughs) Um, So, why don't you start by telling me what kind of wontons you made?
5: I made um, minced pork wontons, which I think is basically just what wontons normally are. Okay. But I put lots of stuff in them to make them taste better.
4: What kind of stuff did you put in them?
5: I put in green onions, Mm -hmm. I put in ginger, Mm-hmm. I put in garlic.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Put in salt, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I put anything else in. Love, love, I love
4: the key. Possibly ingredient. diseases. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now I definitely have them. <laughs> I just finished eating three of them, and they were delicious.
5: Yeah, and you can cook them different ways. Um, I didn't make my own wrappers. 'Cause that's too much work.
4: Okay, so how did you where did you find the wrappers?
5: I found the wrappers at AL Market, which is near my house, but A and L can be in Broadway. Okay. Um, but you can probably also get them at TNT or at four two nine Powell Street, um, Double Happiness Foods Limited, which is the people who made them, and um they had their address on it. They're made in Vancouver.
4: That's nice to know. Yeah.
5: Local, local dumpling wrappers.
0: Yeah.
5: And uh, you can also use them to make gyozas mm-hmm. or other forms of wontons. Mm-hmm. Stuff
4: like that. Okay. So, what was the process of making the dumpling, uh, the, the, sorry, the wontons? What went into it?
5: Um, so I took the ground meat and I put it in a bowl and, um, I actually didn't need very. I'm sorry. I'm just closing the Shanghai dumpling wrappers.
0: I'm just closing them so it's like, don't go bad.
5: Later. I'm doing it now.
0: Um,
5: so I put the the minced pork in a bowl, and I didn't actually. I hardly needed any because it didn't take very much to fill these dumplings. I guess you could just make lots and lots.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: But. The amount I made, um, which was more than enough for the two of us, mm-hmm. um, I guess that would be about twenty dumplings, wontons, wontons, twenty wontons That's slash a lot. dumplings. Um, I only needed a quarter of a normal size package of minced pork, and um, that, and then I make, chopped in a couple of green onions. Mm-hmm. chopped in just a couple garlic cloves, mm-hmm. um, chopped in some fresh ginger, mixed them all together with my hands, mm-hmm. and then formed them into tiny little bits and made little dumplings slash um, things out of them with the wrappers, mm-hmm. and then I cooked them two different ways because I wanted to see which was better. Okay.
4: So what are the two different ways to cook them?
5: Um, you could probably also you do it a third way, which I haven't done, but okay. I think would be pretty easy. Um, the first way I did it was I put some oil in a wok mm-hmm. and I fried them
0: mm-hmm.
5: and um, you just let the oil heat up a little bit, toss them in. Mm-hmm. Once they start to brown, it actually doesn't take very much time for them to cook through. No. Um, you take them out, let them cool for a bit, and they're and they're good. The other way I cook them was by steaming them, which if you have any steaming things, um, I have some bamboo baskets that uh, are used for steaming, but you could use basically anything for steaming
0: mm-hmm.
5: and cook them for about the same amount of time as you would an oil, which is honestly like two or three minutes, mm-hmm. not not that much more than that, and. Um, The other way you could do that is you could do it in soup like if you're making a wonton soup for Mm -hmm. instance if you had some stock or broth you could put them in with uh some i don't know baby bok choy or green onions or whatever you want Mm
0: -hmm.
5: once it's boiling a couple minutes they'd be cooked there too
4: okay excellent
5: and uh yeah pretty easy if you wanted to make them vegetarian don't use minced pork, but you could use cabbage and onions and stuff like that, which okay. would I uh, think you could probably come up with something. What about use, tofu? Use your imagination. Would
4: that be an uh, appropriate alternative?
5: No, that sounds gross. No, okay. I don't know. I just be, I just be confused. Yes. Uh, w- would it be okay? I've never had a dumpling with tofu in it. Uh, it sounds me weird. Me neither.
4: Cabbage, I'm sure, vegetarians. Cabbage would love the diced up small
5: with a bit of carrot would be what I would do.
4: hmm That sounds great.
5: Um, maybe spinach. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to make it a little bit less Asian and a little bit more spinach, where's spinach from?
4: <laughs> it's Hapa. its own country.
5: Papayan.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Um, and then you would just anything as long as they kind of stick together. You can put in a little bit of egg. That wouldn't hurt. But
0: mm-hmm.
5: the whole if you're having trouble holding things together, but pretty straightforward. Okay. Yeah.
4: So you mentioned the wonton soup as a, yeah. one of the popular ways of eating it. What else would you suggest as a way to eat wontons, or what to pair them with at least? Soy sauce. <laughs> Obviously, I mean more of a not meal. necessarily.
5: Some people might not think of it. <laughs> That's true. Um, I do like baby bok choy if you steam it or broccoli.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, it depends on how you're cooking them, but rice noodles are good too.
4: Okay. So people who are making wontons, are they expecting it to be like the main course of their dish, or just a side?
5: I think you would normally use it, you could use it as an appetizer, Mm -hmm. you could use it as a side, you could even make it the main if you made lots of them, Um, wonton soup is all wontons. Sorry I couldn't make it today, Brenda. You don't want mono.
4: No, you don't.
5: Or strep throat.
4: Or both. Or both. (laughs) Well, those are all my questions. Is there any last facts that you want to tell the audience about what they should know Wantons wontons?
5: are delicious, and the wrappers for them are super cheap. Two fifty for more than I could use.
4: How many come in each wrapper package? I don't
5: know, like 50.
4: That's a lot of wontons.
5: Something like that. That's
4: a, a ton of wontons. A wonton. <laughs>
5: We'll cut that part out. <laughs> no, no, we're <laughs> leaving that in. <laughs> Anyhow, back to you, Brenda.
1: Thank you, Jordy.
2: Thank you, Jordy.
1: What an entertaining and educational segment.
2: Yes, I like wonton with uh, red vinegar, Chinese red vinegar. Mm. I think that's the traditional way that they do it sometimes. I don't know it's traditional, whatever. Good to know. Yeah.
1: Good to know. Uh... On that note, on the, on the note of wontons, I want to tell you just briefly about my favorite wonton place in Winnipeg that's actually closed down now. I know, it was called Ken Hong's, and my f- lovely friend Andrew introduced me to this place, and for $3.50 you would get this huge bowl with crunchy noodles full of wontons and rice. Where was it? It was actually right next to a venue. In the Exchange District, right ah. next to the Royal Albert,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is a great place to see shows. Um, apparently, it's under construction right now. I think there was a flood. Mm. Yeah, there was another venue down there called the Cave, which was this really weird cave-like, glow-in-the-dark place where I saw the Weekend Ends way back when. Yeah. But the Royal Albert was one of my favorite places nice. to see grungy music. But yes, Ken Hong's, uh, the other beautiful thing about that place is that his uh the walls were covered in thrift store art and he would blare the C B C so you'd be listening to opera while you ate your wonton soup.
2: <laughs> nice. Great.
1: Nice. Uh so we're what going we gonna- to play a track by a band called Brave Irene. They're local and it's a all female band.
2: Perfect. Rose also is in it, and she is also in Bleeding Hearts, the little thing ties together, Um, yeah.
1: And Amanda from Apollo Ghosts, Yep. anybody else you can
2: figure out, Jessica, Jessica from, what is she in now, she was in tons of things now, before, but I think now she's mostly just in Brave Irene,
1: so our lovely Uh, little,
2: before when I first started, I don't exactly know who was in it, because Laura Hatfield was in it, and she's in Sweden now. So I think Kevin Romain might be the drummer now. Or maybe Jay Arner drum for a while, who knows? Great. Um yeah. <laughs>
1: uh here we go. Brave Irene.
3: A live broadcast on housing and homeless issues housing is a right
0: there's no excuse why there should be uh, homelessness and there's no excuse why people should be going hun- hungry in the city of Montreal
3: the homelessness marathon will be broadcast on over 30 campus community radio stations across Canada tune into your local station from sundown to sunup from February 22nd to the 23rd 2012 or go to ckut.ca slash homeless to listen online. For more information or to participate, contact marathon at ckut.ca.
0: I'm here to to make it known that uh, all peoples, especially the street peoples and the homeless peoples, have a right to uh, mass media and do have a right to say whatever they feel is right to get themselves into uh, better living conditions.
1: So CITR is actually broadcasting live the Homelessness Marathon on February 23rd. And CJSF will be doing a local segment here from Vancouver, so you should definitely te- uh, definitely listen in. Our website has some information about the marathon and the other special broadcasts as part of Black History Month, so check out our special broadcast page and our homepage for more updates about unique programming on CITR. That's that's the A. Great. So what's going on now? Uh, we're going to play a track by the band Young Liars. They are a local Vancouver band, and we're going to play a track called Echoists.
2: It's an anything to do with food? No?
1: No, nothing. <laughs> nothing at all.
2: My stomach echoing because I'm hungry.
1: <laughs> are no. you hungry, Ben?
2: Getting there. Awesome.
1: That was the band Pizza Sub.
2: Pizza Sub from Vancouver, as recorded on live on Thunderbird Radio Hell.
1: Which is Ben's show, which is coming up later tonight. Nine o'clock. Do you have any guests on your show tonight, Ben?
2: Yes, Tyran Horse is playing.
1: Oh, lovely. We had Tyrone Horse, or we had Prophecy Sun, <laughs> yeah. the lead singer of Tyrone Horse, on our show last time. Fantastic.
2: Did you talk about food?
1: We did. She actually, we talked about her albums and her different projects, but she also uh, used to own a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, she ran a restaurant right close to Budgie Burrito's for about a year. Oh, very nice. Yeah, she, so she talked about that experience. Oh,
2: fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to Pizza Sub, they, are, they recorded on the weekend, on Sunday. So the plan for them is to put the stuff out on the internet and maybe a 7-inch coming out from them. So looking forward to uh, an official pizza sub release soon.
1: I just got a record player.
2: Yeah? And I'm <laughs> so excited about this. <laughs> Perfect. You can get some 7-inch. I've got two
1: f- records already. and one 7-inch.
2: <laughs> Perfect. And Where then, did you get it? You used. Uh,
1: well, I went to my parents' house. Uh.
2: <laughs> Does it take it?
1: Well, uh, they, it hadn't been plugged in in about 10 years. So, so I asked if I could have it. It was very exciting.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. You should always, yeah, it's good to have. It's nice.
1: Uh, Do you have a record player, Ben? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So the next track we're going to play is by a band called Portage and Main from Vancouver. But Portage and Main is actually a street corner in Winnipeg. Apparently the windiest street corner in Winnipeg. And I'm from Winnipeg.
2: And I'm from Winnipeg, sort of.
1: Ben is also from <laughs> Winnipeg. And, it's the um,
2: windiest corner, supposedly. Yeah, the, one of the most famous intersection in Canada.
1: It's also funny because it's so famous, yet there isn't an overground walkway. To cross no. the street, you have to go underneath.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Who ever thought of that? <laughs> Bad urban planning.
2: It's so windy, you just get winded.
1: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, give us the score of the... Uh, Jets game, Ben. I,
2: I think they're losing. It just, yeah. I think it's three-two Minnesota, which is which is, yeah, it's too bad. Which is too bad, but yeah, I think it's Minnesota is playing Winnipeg and the score. Oh, no, you know, it's tie now three-three with eleven minutes left in the period. Hmm, good times.
1: Good times. when I was
2: when I was in Minnesota last month. As soon as I got off the plane, people were like, oh my God, they saw my Jets t- uh, jacket and everyone was giving me the thumbs up. It's kind of nice. Maybe nice. not tonight, though. Instant away. friends. Yeah.
1: yeah, I went there for a wedding and someone was getting the Winnipeg Jets logo shaved into the back <laughs> of their head at a hair salon, Nice. which I took a picture with of on my phone. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we're going to play track one from the new album by Portage and Maine a Jermaine that came out this fall, and the track is called Nothing. And this time I'm going to cue up the right <laughs> CD player as opposed to the wrong one.
2: I just found out that uh, I think it's Harold from the Sappers we were shindig second place winners from three four years ago and uh, they're not from Winnipeg whatsoever there we go yeah I'm Ben I'm here with Brenda on CITR and the show is called
1: the show is called peanut butter and jams
2: every second Thursday
1: from 630 till sorry 6 till (laughs) 730 yeah And usually my co-host Jordi Yao is here and he is sick and I'm doing the adult thing of not pretending he's in the booth. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) That was very funny. So it's time for our, our pairing. Yes. Our pairing of the night. Okay. Which is what we do when every show we recommend show, sorry, every radio program we recommend a music show for you to go to and a corresponding restaurant.
2: Okay. And
1: yes. we've already talked <laughs> about a show tonight, which we're going to uh, officially recommend to you.
2: Yes, tomorrow night, which we talked about at the Bleeding Hearts CD release show at New Waldorf with uh, Korean Gut and Sean Mrazik. Um, So the pairing is the easy way.
1: (laughs) The easy pairing. The obvious pairing is going to the Waldorf a little early and eating at Nuba.
2: Yeah, which is right in the same premise. I actually haven't been to that one. Have you?
1: Uh, I haven't eaten there, but I have been there. Yeah. Most recently for the people's prom, where there was a DJ and lots of dancing people nice. in the restaurant.
2: Right. Oh, very nice. I've been to the other ones. I've been to the one on R- Richard Seymour, and then the other one on Cambie and Hastings, and it's been fantastic.
1: It's pretty, and the best dish is the cauliflower dish.
2: Yeah, Najib, Najib, N- Najib's special.
1: Najib's special.
2: It's basically deep fried cauliflower.
1: So this is not an advertisement. <laughs> this is the opinion of the hosts. Yeah. So go down and get some yourself. Get yourself some cauliflower. It is the best taste in that restaurant. It's deep
2: fried. It's good. It's amazing. Deep fry anything I like. So,
1: so Ben, tell us about another one of the restaurants on your New York trip.
2: Um, so my goal is to go to places that normally doesn't exist in Vancouver. Uh, I don't believe there is an Austrian restaurant in Vancouver. I don't even think that there's many of them in the world other than in Austria, I believe. Uh, So I went to one, and it's sort of a modern take on Austrian cuisine. There's a little bit of German influence. It's called seasonal. I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced differently. Maybe like be I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I kept thinking it was supposed to be Sassanel. But anyway, it's like seasonal restaurant and wine bar. Um, I have lunch there. It's it's a pretty fancy upper end restaurant. It's a Michelin one star. Um, went for lunch. I have uh, interesting food. Like at the first meal, uh, the appetizer was poached egg, and it's called it's called something fancy, like in German something poached egg or in Austrian. But basically, it's a soft poached egg on top of some lobster, and what makes with some hen of the woods, which is a mushroom. And on top, some of what hen of the woods, hen of
1: the woods, yeah, it's, is it's, mushroom.
2: It's some sort of mushroom, I believe, or something that grows on, yeah. Hmm. And on top of like a bed of deep fried or some sort of, or either that's really crispy. I don't know if it's deep fried or what, but pumpernickel. So it was fantastic. It was it was basically a poached egg that sort of tastes like lobster <laughs> on top of like some <laughs> crunchy stuff.
1: <laughs> Weird. And you really like lobster? Is that correct?
2: I do. It's delicious. I like it when the live the, the lobster. I like live lo- lobster. Co- well, yeah.
1: Lobsters of all I've kinds. Never, I never
2: have lobster uh, live or raw mm. before, but um, I like eggs and I like yeah, fried stuff. So it it was a it was a good dish. And then the second dish, the main course, I have. It's called the Tafelspitz, which is which is the the word means boiled trip tip. It's a typical Austrian dish. The beef is simmered along with some vegetables and spices in a broth. So they actually, instead of pan-frying it, it's boiled. Like they boiled a piece of... Uh, it's a special cut of uh, beef as well, but it was super tender, and it's weird. So uh, you don't think of steak or whatever f- boiled being very tasty, but it kind of was. So it came sort of in a soup. You, you, take, you take the meat out and put it on a plate... And then it actually comes with a dip. It comes with applesauce, a spinach sauce, and some horseradish to dip in, which is bizarre. So you basically put an applesauce in this piece of steak, and you eat it. And it was actually quite delicious. And it came on the side, something called like a roast tea, which is, as far as I can tell, just a deep-fried uh, potato uh, laka, except it's uh, Swedish, uh, no, Austrian, or maybe Swiss, but that's my
1: <laughs> have you been to Austria, Ben?
2: No, I haven't. Have you? Yes. Yeah. Is yeah. That, have you had any of that food? Uh
1: no. It it was a long time ago and I don't remember what I ate.
2: Yeah. So you didn't remember eating a piece of meat in a in a soup.
1: No. And I don't remember an egg covered in mushrooms <laughs> that tasted like lobster. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think that's a weird. That's like I don't think the traditional dish.
1: And uh, you were also going to tell us briefly, and we've <laughs> only got a few minutes left, but about a restaurant where all the waitresses and waiters were singing musicals?
2: Yes. Uh, well, my friend who went with New York with She Loves Musicals, so we found this diner where all the waiters and waitresses either want to be on Broadway or already on Broadway. So the whole day, they, they yeah, so everyone, at all times, someone is singing like a Broadway song so usually and it's only the waiters or waitresses so your waiter would take your order next thing you know it's oh it's my turn and he would just they would be jumping around your table and behind a chair and up and down climbing up and down singing duets sometimes even or by themselves Uh, I thought it was fascinating I don't know if I want to eat there every day but once the first time was interesting
1: was there any theme to the songs they picked or no it's just just all all over.
2: it's all Broadway songs Okay, so, yeah. and you
1: saw lots of musicals.
2: I saw some musicals, yes mm,
1: i I professionally sorry, I publicly profess to despise yeah. musicals, but yeah. there are there are a few that
2: Book of Mormon was very good. I don't know if yeah. you could despise that, but yeah,
1: yeah, well, it sounds like it sounds like you went to some pretty interesting musicals. Yeah. one of my favorite is Little Shop of Horrors yeah. And hair, (laughs) but I I did work at a theater company where most of the people selling tickets alongside me sang musicals all day, and it it was a little wearing. You
2: probably won't like that diner. The
1: optimism, (laughs) the optimism was insane. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great so are we sort of uh, tail end of the show
1: yeah so thanks for listening to peanut butter and jams we've got Darren Golly with stereoscopic readout uh, waiting in the hallways for us to stop talking uh, we're gonna play one more track or possibly two uh, the next one is track number six <laughs> track the- number
2: six. Oh wow
1: I know it's uh, the artist is Rococo the band and they were featured in Discorder magazine this past month and the track is called Weapon, off their album Guns, Sex, and Glory. Sounds awesome. kind of violent, but Perfect. let's press play on CD number like a, two. Do you have an ending
2: phrase, like, eat well, cook often, or less salt? Or do you end with some sort of food-related note? No. Oh,
1: that, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I want to remind everyone that all the music played today was local music, so they're all bands that play shows regularly in this city.
2: Except for Pursuit of Happiness.
1: Except for Pursuit of Happiness, <laughs> which but is old news. Old yeah. news!
2: But they have a song about food completely, so we had to let that go.
1: Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, we make a few exceptions. So go see some local music and go support your local band. Thanks for listening. Go eat some
2: food. <laughs> yeah, thanks.